0: Hey Emily. Hey Stephanie. You uh want to do a podcast? Absolutely.
1: Cycle Chats, a podcast to destigmatize what it means to be a woman. This is episode 44, What a Girl Wants, where we talk to a woman who wears many hats. She is a clinical mental health counselor in training, a certified master life coach, a female empowerment coach, and speaker, and just happens to be our friend, Abby Marsh. Welcome to the podcast, Abby. Thank
2: you. So nice to be here.
1: Yeah, we're so excited to have you and kind of flip the cards on you a little bit and kind of walk you through this process instead of kind of you walking us through your process.
0: I know, right? (laughs) Which was fabulous, by the way. I mean, for anybody that doesn't know, Abby's way of speaking and just like her ability to get emotion out of you. I loved your class and like I had so much fun and I remember Emily and I really being very moved by what we experienced and just all of the women we got to meet and so we'll talk more about what you do, but man, for anybody that's not taking a class with Abby, you're going to want to get on it after this. I'm going to tell you that right now because I still think about it. Thank you so much for that.
1: Because people don't know who you are, I want them to. So my first question is always, what made you get into this field?
2: I actually got called into this field, so to speak. I had over 25 years of corporate sales and marketing, business entrepreneurship kind of background. That was in nothing racy, nothing saucy, just very buttoned up. And then in 2019, I was in medical device sales and I was on the road quite a bit. And I got sick and ended up having a surgery. The pandemic came the next year. And with the pandemic, I guess with the amount of the level of stress that I had and burnout that I had that I was just pushing through, I got diagnosed with an undiagnosed autoimmune, meaning they said it's an autoimmune. They just can't tell what it was. And it was really bad. I was bedridden for a couple of months. And while I was lying in my bed, one day I rolled over and I said, there's no way that I can continue to work any longer. And medical devices, you know, you're going into the hospitals. My immune was compromised. And so the company I was with, we agreed to separate. I felt a sense of freedom and I knew that I wanted to walk into some purpose with that. And literally about 12 something a night, I rolled over and I said, you know, what is it I'm supposed to do? And a sex coaching certification came up on my phone and I said, oh, I need to be a sex coach. I completed a six month course in like three days or something like that to get certified. because I just literally, I was just in bed. So I just kind of stayed there and absorbed everything. And I guess the information was important enough, I passed. And then I contacted somebody I saw in that certification and decided to start a sex toy company. So I thought in the beginning, it was going to be all about just sex. As things progressed, what I noticed was the other skills that I had, the business coaching, the entrepreneurial coaching, the years of experience started to call on me. And as I started to work, With business women, I discovered they had the same issues like me. They had the burnout, they were leading teams, and they were disconnected and they were doing it in a disempowered way. And that's when I said, you know what? There's nobody out there really talking about the importance of leadership, pleasure, and power for female leadership development. And that's what landed me there. Really just seeing a need and nobody else doing it and feeling really called to help my sisters who were on the verge of, if they don't stop, of getting as sick as I did.
1: I love that. And something that I already know about you, Abby, that I love is that you're kind of an eternal learner, which is something that I always consider myself. I'm done with school, but I always constantly want to learn and evolve and grow and be like the best version of myself. And I think that's you too. And I I think the best people are because learning is so important and education is so important. And the more education you have means the more education you can there spout out to others. And hopefully somebody's listening in that void and saying, oh yeah, I remember what Abby said. I'm going to follow that.
0: And it was something that you liked to do as well. I think a lot of times we force ourselves to stay in situations that are no longer serving us. And you're, I think, a testament to that is that you were in a situation you could have continued to push through, but something inside you was like, I can't do this anymore. I mean, and you completed a six month course in three days. If you didn't like it, I don't think that you would have even continued it. So I think the universe speaks in weird ways. And I think when you click into something and you really can like, feel it and you're like, oh, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And it it might be that for that moment to get you to where you really, really need to be.
2: And just to speak to what you said, Emily, I do believe that some of the, like me going back to school to become a clinical mental health counselor, I felt like there was some level of responsibility that if you're going to be dealing with something as delicate as mental health wellness, you're going to come up against trauma. And the standard in the industry is you outsource the person person, or you recommend the person goes and see a licensed therapist. I did not like the idea of breaking that therapeutic relationship. I have some information here. And to me, there's so much room for re-traumatization there, because it's like, you come and I have the conversation with me, then you have to go and have it with somebody else. Every time you're reliving that stuff. And so for me, getting more educated was being responsible to the women that I serve.
0: And I can honestly say thank you for that, because as someone who has is- gone through many therapists trying to find the right one it's really hard those first couple sessions you're like I like I cannot keep retelling this story of why I'm here so that's big huge thank you because that's a beautiful thing and a service that you did for the the ladies that you help because I know what that feels like and it's not fun so it's nice to know that when they're with you They're with you. They tell it to you once. And then now it's time to move through it. I've gone through therapy myself as
2: well. So I understand what it's like to sit in that chair and bury your soul.
0: (laughs) My therapist asked a question the other day and I was like, (gasps) and I just started hysterically crying. She's like, it's your right. We're here. I'm here with you. And I'm like, oh, God, thank you. It's just like, you're safe. I'm like, <laughs> so it's, I mean, when you find the right one, man, they know how to get it out of you. They're like, here, open this wound. Now take this handful of salt and just jam it in there. And you're like, yeah, but it hurts. They're like, it's fine. It's going to clean it out. It's just going to hurt right now. You'll feel okay. sterilizing
1: the wound. It's all good. <laughs>
0: It's what it is <laughs> so- I'll try to make the
2: the, the wound the, the process pleasurable i used to say a thing when you don't want to cut his healing there's like i call it a sweet pain because like sometimes i would just press on it a whole lot because it's it's like it hurts but it's it feels good i hope that's what i offer i don't want it to be like salt in the wound that's some of us
0: maybe like a little more than a sweet pain but that's a different episode We're talking to different people.
1: I mean, we could talk about how we like our massages if we want.
0: Apparently, I like to be just the absolute (laughs) crap beat out of me.
1: Stephanie may have to deal with that in therapy next week. (laughs) Oh my
0: God. Abby, what do you find holds most women back? We listen to everybody but ourselves first.
2: It doesn't matter which culture you come from. It doesn't matter what background, race. Everywhere you go, I think women are so accustomed to being told who we are and who we should be. We listen way too much. We care too much about what everybody else thinks about us. I think when we get into the 40s, we kind of enter that don't give a damn age. But I think before that, we're very much just running the record that's been made for us, that holds us back.
1: It's interesting you say that. I just finished the show Dollface on Hulu. One of the characters was doing a song because it was a princess episode. So she was singing. She's like, I see myself in the mirror and I am the one holding me back. I am the evil queen in my own story. And I think that's huge because we are our worst enemies. We see something and it's like a little pimple or something, right? That's the first thing that came to my mind. And it looks huge to you. You're like, oh my God, everybody's gonna look at this one thing on my face and then nobody else notices it. And you're like, how do you not notice that? And then
0: you bring attention to it. This was the best piece of advice that I feel like I got was someone was like, Steph, the world doesn't revolve around you. Like the sun doesn't rise and set on you. And I go- what a weight off my shoulder. Because if you kind of think about it, yes, we all want to feel unique and special and we are in some way, but we're not as unique and special as we think. And that's a good thing because that allows you to take that pressure of, oh my God, someone's looking at my pimple. Well, guess what? There's five other people in this room probably thinking the same thing. So how nice is it to know that you are not alone in that? And I think that that's been a big relief for me is to just be like, oh yeah, we're all kind of going through the same thing. And my reality is only based on what I'm experiencing and seeing but someone else having something similar and that means that we're both in this room and space together going through this and I don't have to worry about the pimple anymore because you also have a pimple you have a pimple you all get pimples (laughs)
1: pimples out there everyone we all have the
2: theoretical pimples pimples. by the way I usually see it as I spin it actually as we're all perfect you're the perfect version of you nobody Mm -hmm. else can do me like I can do me so if I have a pimple it's a perfect version of me that pimple face me is the perfect version of me because there isn't going to be another version of me. That version of me that's messy, that's the perfect version of me. So we're all perfect beings, perfectly imperfect. And so I give myself that bit of grace and I go, you know what? who could do this better? So you messed it up. Nobody couldn't mess it up. Like you messed it up.
0: And so you're perfectly you. I love that. So we're, we're kind of talking about what holds women back. What would be the first step that we would need to take to reinvent and prioritize our needs?
2: So I can tell you what I advise women to do. I have this thing I usually say that the way I do anything is I don't just ease myself into it. I just go into it. Because when you're all in and the door is shut, then you have nothing else to do but to do the work. And so it's part of the reason why I wouldn't work out in the house because if I'm working out on my elliptical and I get tired, I'll come off and I'll talk myself out to why I don't need to get back on there. I hike instead. So when I'm hiking and I'm in the mountains (laughs) and um, you know, a good three miles in, <laughs>
1: I can't just go, I quit. <laughs> right? You still have that three mile hike back. <laughs> you could quit, but I, you got
2: another three to go back. So. got to do it. And so that is the approach that I advise women to take. Take a bold enough move that says I'm committed to me. And from here, I have to finish this journey one way or the other. If I choose to go back, I'm going to feel the pain going back. If I choose to move forward, I'm going to get the rewards going forward. But either way, start with a place that is deep enough that you're committed. And that might look like you doing a simple thing. Like for some women, it's as easy as looking at yourself in the mirror and acknowledging yourself in the mirror. A lot of us go through the days and I hear so many women say to me, I never look at myself in the mirror. I avoid the mirror and I'll say, why? You're living with you. Everybody else is seeing you and interacting with you. Don't you want to get to know you? Because you're probably the only person that you're waiting to show up. And so to me, when you do that, when I get to the point of where I say I acknowledge and I embrace me, then I can either choose at that point to abandon me again, which is a process that I definitely feel, or I'll go all the way into the growth and become someone Something different so the first step is face you in a way that is a commitment to the rest of the journey that has enough skin in the game that you'll feel it if you try to go back
0: that was a big thing for me growing up I just felt like I looked in the mirror but I was always so negative when I looked in the mirror and then I started getting to a point where because I'm a makeup artist and so I always was using makeup when I was younger to feel prettier now I use it as an art form, but I still feel beautiful without it. And that took me stripping everything down and starting to talk nice to myself in the mirror. Cause I'm like, I can't keep relying on lipstick and mascara to make me feel gorgeous. I have to do it. I want to be able to look in the mirror and see just who I am and and love myself. So that that's a really profound exercise to do. And I I'm glad that you brought it up because it was something that I started doing when I was young and it has helped tremendously as I've gotten older and looking at yourself in the mirror in all shapes. So like I sometimes would look at myself in the mirror when I'd get really sad and I would talk to myself and be like, you are still worthy. You are still beautiful. And like, give yourself a hug because damn it, if at the end of the day, you're not taking care of you. If you can't love yourself and you can't be there for yourself, how do you show up for other people? You're always going to be the tank half empty. You have to start filling your own cup too.
2: I say, you should never give from my cup. I'm going to give you from the saucer, from the overflow. And I have adopted that. I say, because if I'm giving you from my cup, when my cup is full then my cup is going down and I have to constantly fill it up but if I'm giving you from the overflow the one thing I've guaranteed myself is that I'm always full
0: Emily's not going to be able to edit any of this it's just going to be you're going to be the first guest that has zero edits not a single thing has been left out of
1: this episode (laughs) future Emily is going to have a a great time just re-listening to this though and being able to like process it it's the best part about editing I have so much time to like sit back and really like hear what you guys say and I get to really soak it in like that sponge and that's so good. I'm
2: sure I'll feel the same way because I'm really in the moment. There's no
1: yeah right there's nothing that you can do it's just like you say it and it's (laughs) out but I was thinking of sex in the city when Charlotte takes a hand mirror for the first time to look at herself in the mirror and she (laughs) faints and like falls on the floor because she's just so overwhelmed with her own body that she can't even process what's happening and I, I think that's probably what happens to women that don't even look in the mirror at their face like let alone their vagina but like think about their face they just don't even know what's happening on it
0: I remember being very confused at what I was looking at when I was younger I was like what the hell is down here I was like what is this like <laughs> now I'm like ah, it's time for the weekly check to make sure everything's all right and I'm like I right, listen I get in there I gotta make sure oh so
2: I love that you guys brought that up because I actually have a Yanni art therapy class I just launched it And what's happening in this class is I'm doing that with women. You know, if you take five men, put them in a room. They cringe when I say this. Take off their penises. Put it on platters. They're like, oh my God.
1: Sadistic. (laughs) Lock her up.
2: To go and choose their own. They will choose the correct penis unless they wanted an upgrade. If there was one better that they felt like, I want the upgrade, I'll take the bigger one. They might steal somebody else's, but they know that they're stealing it. Because for the most part, they know what they look like. It's right there. They can see it. It's not inside. But, But they interact with it with no shame from very young. In fact, they're encouraged to even associate part of their identity with it so much that they've got to get to know it. For women, if you take our revolvers and you put it on a plateau, and that's why I chose the word Yani, because that's a Sanskrit word that describes the entire female genital area. We can't even agree on what to call it. There's so many names. <laughs> right. And none of the names are accurate for the entire region. So interesting. It's like
0: Italy, but you know, Sicily is <laughs> but, the boot.
2: It's, like it. it's and it's out the parts. So in this class, that's what I'm doing. I'm inviting women to hold a mirror draw it, color it. And it's amazing. I did a couple of tests on this before. Even women who consider themselves very open-minded and like, oh, I do this. It's amazing the process I take them through where they go. Wait a minute. This is different. They really rest in it. So I'd love to see. I think we need to do that. Cause I, you know, even with little girls, I, my daughter, When she was about maybe three years old is when I started having her stoop over the mirror and I named the parts for her. So she knows that the clitoris is not what she's urinating through. It's coming through a urethra and there's the urethra. You can see it. And so now it's just a body part to her. Right. And I'm hoping that that's what happens for women when they get to the place of where they can see it's just another body part, like my elbow.
0: Yeah. And you know, what's interesting too, is like, I I think growing up, especially if you were, I mean, this is my experience. I grew up very religious and there was a lot of guilt, a lot of shame kind of based around that. And so as I got older, I really now I'm at a place where I don't feel that anymore about myself, but it's, it's weird how like, you'll hear people say, well, that's your no, no area. Why is it no, no, you know, but with boys, you'll be like, oh, don't touch your penis or don't touch your junk. But why is it a no, no area for girls? And that was something that I started picking up on. And I'm like, so it feel like it's you're almost indoctrinated to believe that something's flawed with that or you know, the real stupid one where people are like, eh, she's loose. That means that she's slept with a lot of people. I'm like, do you not know how that works down there? Your tiny dingaling is not going to do a diddly squat to me. So I gave
2: birth to a nine pound baby. I don't think so.
0: Yeah. It's like, take a seat there guy. So I appreciate that you educate her at such a young age. And I think I wish we had more of that. And I think that probably comes from the fact that you are comfortable with that part of you and not a lot of women I think really are as of yet. And so how do you educate your kid that like, how do you, how do you go through that with them? Cause I just remember my mom buying books at the library, you know, she walked me through it, but it was, again, I was so freaked out about it and I wish kind of in a way that it was a mirror was given to me and I was able to be like, Oh, okay, cool. This isn't so scary, you know, because then you don't put your, you can edit this out, Emily, don't put your pussy on a pedestal. So
2: I think I had a mother who was a little bit more advanced. And so it made it easy for me. A lot of what I do. I learned from my mother. And I grew up like you, religious. In fact, my father is a bishop. And I remember when my grandmother, who was a praying grandmother, she prayed all the time for all of the grandchildren. But for the girls, she would always pray. She'd get to that part where she'd say, Satan, get out of her vagina. And I would say in my head, Well, my vagina must be really hot because Satan likes being up in there every time granny has to pray for me. <laughs> Seems to be
1: leaving hell to come. To- <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> It is a little bit like there. <laughs> Satan's living his best what life could you imagine? <laughs> it's a holiday what
2: could you imagine if you didn't have a mother that was sex positive like mine I, my mother when I was five years old I remember asking where did babies come from and it was a simple conversation it didn't get icky it wasn't like oh my gosh like, it, like she literally just she told me the truth you know when I became a young lady it wasn't just oh you've now gotten a period and there you go she did some of the rituals which I never understand we boil the egg and give it to the girls to eat.
1: I got slapped in the face. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what happens in Judaism, apparently.
2: I was positive with my daughter and I learned about her starting her cycle in a pediatrician appointment.
1: I was floored.
2: I was like, are you you know, because I had this whole ritual plan of we were supposed to do hot cocoa and then go shopping for a cute on the wear so that I wasn't gonna teach her that period panties needed to be the rag dairy panties, but they can be cute. I had this whole ritual. When I was asked, I said no, the pediatrician looked at her and she goes, Yeah, actually it was like six months already and I was I was he like took this from me. <laughs> What did you do? How did you? And I like totally wanted to make it about me, but I was trying so hard to go, okay, in this moment, <laughs> I was like, this is me, sex positive. I prepared you for this. This was to be a special moment. So that day I was like, you know what, we're going. I called my friend who does, she calls herself the bra guru. And she does measurements and for bras and stuff. And I was like, meet me at Target. And we measured her. And I I went through my little ritual still. And then after that, I'd say, do you want something sweet? And get her, you know, whenever I go to buy her whatever she needs, I just get like a bar of chocolate or something i tried to take it back i was like how dare you deny me the revolution
0: that i was on, with? changing the way this is handled so we're, we're talking about vaginas penises pleasure periods but let's go back to pleasure for a second how can we make sure to prioritize our own pleasure it's a big yeah female. well because we put everyone else's pleasure first so how do we prioritize ours? So the first thing
2: we have to do is stop thinking of pleasure as just sexual pleasure. That's, that's half of the problem right there. If we only think of it as sexual pleasure, we're already hardwired to please everybody else but ourselves when we're in situations where there's two. Personally, I started by discovering my own pleasure from the perspective of what do I like? Because maybe when I discover, and it's the truth, when I've discovered some things that I like that are just the things I like, I can transfer that later on on into sharing something with a partner. What do you like? What smells smell good to you? I've lately gotten into perfumes. I realized anything with like a jasmine base smells so good to me. And so I know now there's a specific scent that I like. Or what do you really like in terms of taste? Like what does your taste palette feel like? What textures do you really like? What touch feels good to you beyond just you know, the, 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 touch that we like, do you like being rubbed gently? Do you like being pat? Do you like just a hug? One of the things that I think COVID did was really disconnect us from that sense of, of getting touch. And that's something that I think we need to reconnect back with, you know, what are the things that you like? Start there, discover the things that make you happy. Cause that's all pleasure is the things that give you enjoyment. Once you've done that, you can now begin to incorporate those things that you've discovered into the bedroom. I usually say solo, play it first and then bring it in with somebody else. It can be everything from, I listen to my body and during my cycle, it's funny, I'm doing cycle chats on my cycle. So that's interesting. (laughs) Considering we move this so many times that you hit that on target
0: is amazing to me. (laughs) On brand, very on brand. <laughs>
2: <laughs> what I would do is I would listen to my body because our body pretty much tells us what we need. And so if I feel tired, I know that there are certain scents, essential oils that I will put together in my diffuser and I will turn the lights down to a certain place because it might I, I might want too bright light. I've changed my bedroom. My bed is now, I literally bought some tubing and I made like a canopy. Over my bed. And I put like this really nice bohemian curtain that I float over it. So when I get into that bed, I feel like a princess. And there are certain sheets that I like, and there's a way to that. And for me, that's all indulging in the stuff that feel good. And none of that is sexual. Now, if you want to go the extra mile and you want to bring in toys or, or touch or anything into that, that's fine. But there's so much stress relief and peace and calm with just set in the atmosphere where you're appealing to all your senses and it's just for you
0: so that's kind of what i started doing with my bedroom is like for me the way that i make my bed is very specific and there's something about that that just brings immense calm and peace to me and like it's weird how you're talking it's not weird but like it's interesting how you're bringing this up and that's something that i was like hmm, i'm feeling pulled to do this so it really is true your body knows what it wants Once you kind of instinctively know what you want, but it's about tuning into that and really taking the time to try to figure out what makes you feel good. I love to play dress up still. I mean, I'm 30 years old, but there are times where I'm like, I'm going to try on an outfit. I want to see how this makes me feel. I just got rid of a whole other bag of clothes because I'm like, these things don't make me feel good. When I put them on, it doesn't bring me any sense of pleasure. I don't like the way I look. And I also have to ask myself, am I keeping this because of how I think other people are going to like it on me? And if the answer is yes, it goes in the bag because I have to like how it looks on me not the idea of what someone else is going to think because why would I put on an outfit that's not me
2: and and if you you notice with everything we just spoke about if you can learn to know what you like and you can own it and you can sit in it, then you can advocate for yourself.
0: Yes. And that has been kind of the game changer as well. Like I know that my mom and I were just talking about this today. She's like, you know, I put myself together and she's like, I just wanted to look nice for me. And I said, well, when you look nice for you, then that translates to how you feel. That translates how you interact with the world, how you see things. And I think advice I could give to anybody, because I've had people ask, how do how do you just like wear what you want to and not feel judged? I'm like, start slow. Maybe start with a pair of fun shoes that you feel like you always wish you could wear. Start with that. Don't like all of a sudden head to toe, chop your hair, do everything at once because that's very overwhelming and it's an overload and you're not going to feel right. But start slowly. The shoes, then try a pair of pants. Then you know what, add the shirt. Then maybe one day you do the hair the way you want to. Then maybe one day it's the, the jewelry, you know. That was always really helpful for me is because when you have to start somewhere. So for any of my shy individuals out there that are they are looking for the advice son, how do you get to that point? Start slow. And it could be the smallest thing like you want to wear hoops and you never have before. Then start with the hoops. See how that makes you feel when you go out. Then start incorporating other things. I like that you you talk about pleasure can be so much more than just sex. And once you finally realize that it's like how you like to eat your eggs or how you like ice cream and how you take your tea, do you drink your coffee a certain way? Those little rituals, all of a sudden you're like, oh, wow, I'm getting to know me. It's almost like you're dating yourself it's very exciting like I get excited just talking about it
1: and that's really important I don't think we do enough just for us as women
2: and and then we bring somebody in right now when we're asked what do you like I can tell you what I like and what I don't like and the truth is
1: so many times
2: our partners want to know just like we are interested in what our partners like and we want to get it right with our partners it's the same way When we're in a relationship, our partners want to know hey, how can I make him or her happy, right? They care and love you. And so it is in everybody's, everybody is empowered when you empower yourself by connecting with yourself.
1: Well, you brought up my favorite word. So that leads me to my next question of what does women empowerment mean to you?
2: To me, women empowerment is all about a woman knowing who she is and being bold enough to step into that version of herself and advocate for herself from that space. There's two cycles. There's a disempowered cycle that I talk about and the empowered cycle. And the the disempowered side tends to be where a lot of us dance, but it's a shadow. It's a shadow of the empowered side. It's the people pleaser. It's the really aggressive, mean version of ourselves that come up as a defender. And it's the victim, right? That version of us that after we've people pleased and given enough of ourselves, then we're like, oh my gosh, everybody's using me nobody's giving back to me and the way we tend to stay in that you know disempowered cycle is we continue to just ping pong there's a woman named Paula Lacabara, I think her name is that I, I think she does a really nice job she's the only other person I've heard talk about the disempowered cycle the way I have whereas that empowered cycle you know the empowered side is where you're that fierce woman You're a leader, you're a nurturer, but you're doing whatever you're doing, not at the expense of yourself. You understand that you need to keep that cup full and give from the overflow. So to me, a woman that's empowered is a woman who is, if you want to use figurative, who's figured out how to keep the cup full and give from the overflow and not feel guilty doing it. And she understands that she, by taking care of herself and keeping herself whole, she's doing the same for community. She's serving community, whatever the spaces she's holding, she's serving best from there.
0: You know, I have a friend who's going through something right now and I asked her to hang out and she's like, I can't, I have to worry about myself right now. And I would say that that was one of the most beautiful examples I think of what you just described because she is trying to keep her cup full and she's having a hard time and so there is no overflow to give and so she is setting that very clear boundary that she's like I'm okay but I I have to take care of myself currently and I don't have the energy to expend into anyone else even if it's just for a cup of coffee and I told her I said well I don't know what you're going through but I love you I respect your boundary and thank you for reminding me to set some because lately I don't think I have been doing a good job of that I've and kind of like I'm like, well, it's just a little bit off the top, is okay. Like I still have some in the cup, but it it's true. You have to remind yourself that you gotta keep that cup full and give from the elf. I, I mean I'm obsessed with that, that's gonna be my new thing now. I'm gonna be spouting that constantly to everyone. Emily's gonna be like Stephanie, please stop. I've heard it just, too many times, be- Stephanie. But it's it it's a really good visual. Oh,
1: it's a great too. visual.
0: It's a great thing to to look at and go, where am I at right now with this beverage? And it it helps you say no. No. Women have to learn how to say no and not feel bad. It's like, God, it's addicting. Once you keep doing it, you're like, Ooh, that's fun. No, no. You know? And then you're, then you say no too much. And then people are like, you need to get out of your house. You're like,
1: no, never. I will never leave. So I
0: peel her out though. Yeah, She'll do it. A, good, a pretty good job. She'll pop out a pair of jeans and a bra. Yeah, if I You're welcome. Wow. wow. I know. Abby, you should feel special.
1: It doesn't happen. It does not happen. (laughs) So my next question for you, because we love to think back on, since we were just kind of talking about this empowered cycle and this disempowered cycle, I think a lot of women usually live in that disempowered cycle for so long that it's hard to break out of it. But I know for me, I lived in that cycle for years and years and years. And it took me till I think I was about 21 to really break that. And I, and I still, of course, sometimes go back and, revert and then have to break that again for myself so my question is what advice would you give your 15 year old self
2: my 15 year old self was she was radical actually she was
1: just <laughs> she having fun flashbacks my
0: 15
2: year old self was the daughter of a pastor writing exotic stories so <laughs>
1: I feel like that's a netflix movie or something right yes
0: get out of my head i was just thinking that i was like oh you know what what i would tell
2: her is that space that she was in where she was willing to enter the world on her terms cuz that was a lot of the poems i was writing there like don't tell me who i am ask me who i am kind of stories i like my thick ties i like my you know, like, I love my skin, that kind of stuff. I would have told her, don't give that up. There, w- there came a time when being accepted was more important than being happy. And so I would definitely tell her, follow the joy. Because if I did that, there were many things that intuitively I would have gotten right in terms of career. I would have been here much earlier. I was saying for over 20 years, I want to be a female empowerment coach. I want to be a speaker. I want to put on retreats. And I just never did it because there wasn't a way to say, oh, I wasn't working with a reputable company with a real fancy title. And so she got lost in that. She gave up, she traded out her intuition to be accepted. I would have told her the empowerment is in your intuition just follow that
0: you are such a beautiful human being and every time you talk I'm always like oh my god
2: you guys are too you you guys are amazing I really do admire you guys I think I tracked you guys down online because I would see your posts and stuff and I was so impressed so yeah, you guys are amazing to me.
0: Well, I want people to to be able to find you. So I, I've got to ask this is my favorite question to ask because it's the only one I ask at the end. Where can people find you and what projects do you have coming up so that people can get to really know the beauty that is you and what you do?
2: I'm on Instagram at as reinvent your identity. My website is R Y I coach, which is reinvent your identity coach.com if they by link tree on instagram and tiktok they're both I'm on all platforms. I'm reinvent your identity. My link tree on there pretty much just has the events or they can book a call with me, a complimentary coaching session. What I have coming up right now is October 6th to 9th. I actually have a healing retreat and it's going to be an in-person healing retreat. There's going to be two versions of it. There's going to be a virtual one. And then there's going to be one that's going to be at a 10 bedroom, 10 bath mansion in North Georgia. It was very important to me that the in-person one, I'm probably 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 only going to do eight women. And the reason for that is I wanted each woman to have her own space so that when she's integrating at night and she goes back to her room, she doesn't have a roommate who feels like, I don't want to integrate. So let's chat, chat, chat. So I gave her her special space. There's going to be a little bit more people on the virtual one. And there's going to be a business version of that coming out as well. The business version of that you have to be invited in because those women are then going to have the opportunity to join my mastermind group. And that's by invitation only. I have a series of Yanni R. therapy classes that are scheduled that anybody can pop on and just book those. And then I have some pleasure immersions on the site. And those pleasure immersions are me giving women an opportunity. One of the things, like I said earlier, COVID did is took us out of communion, sisterhood, really just meeting and having somebody to have a conversation with. And so those pleasure immersions are going to be women having conversations about issues that affect women and getting some guidance and some coaching and counseling on how to overcome and deal with everyday things. Everything from parenthood to which brand is hot right now, whatever they want to talk <laughs> about. Those are all things that are important to women. So those are just some of the things that I have going on right now. Apart from that, I'm really on stages. The biggest stage I'm going to be on so far is one of the real estate associations in February. And I'm just working on a couple other ones.
0: I mean, a woman who does it all. Jeez, when do you have time to sleep? <laughs>
2: like I prioritize sleep. I have an app. My phone says 10 at ten 15, I'm out because my phone will tell me at 10 o'clock or, or nine 30 time to open your Kindle or your Audible and read or put on a YouTube and fall asleep. And I, I do it
0: again. If I'm tired, I'm no good for anybody. From one woman to another who is currently going through reinvention of self. Thank you for doing what you're doing, because I think if we had more people like you, I think we'd all be better off.
2: No, thank you. I think every woman who submits herself to that task of reinvention is helping the sisterhood as a collective, because if we can just have on. Like sometimes I say I should just call myself a pleasure coach, but then people will misunderstand it. Well,
0: again, be. we've connected the word pleasure to your genitals. So.
2: Which is a great place to dance. And I feel like I'm on this quest to like really find that word and and kind of like reclaim that word because the only reason it's connected to the genital is because we're such male facing. It's pleasure for them, right? So of course it's pleasure because it's, it's about their pleasure,
0: but that's not. Of conversation. <laughs> you were an absolute delight. Thank you so much for taking your time to speak with us. It was worth the wait though. I think I always say the ones that reschedule all the time and then we finally talk, it's like one of the best conversations we have. So I'm thoroughly thrilled at how everything went and there was so much gold in there so everyone please please go take time to check abby out all of her links will be down below in the description and while we're at it you of course know where to find us over on instagram at cycle chats all lowercase no space you can also find us on our website www.cyclechats.com where we just launched our new youtube series called chit chats it is on the opening page of the website It's our YouTube series where it is an unedited space where just Emily and I chit chat with each other about life and cats also make an appearance. We also have cycle swaps where we swap with other lady podcasters and we just kind of connect on what it means to be a podcaster in this space as a woman. So a lot of fun stuff for y'all to go check out. And again, thank you, Abby, for taking time. Please go check her out. Please book one of her services. I promise you, you are going to absolutely love it and love who you start to become after it. And as we say in every one of our episodes, we hope you sync up with us next time.